From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I have a bunch of worthless servants that are with me. This is a podcast that centers on missions, culture, and a whole lot more. To my left, I have AJ Fry. Hey, guys. And to his left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. Across from me, Natalie Franco. How are you? And Chelsea Fry as well. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. The Earth's rotation is gradually slowing. Really? Wait. Hmm. And I got this That's from space.com. I don't know that that's Space has its own website. <laughs> wow. The aliens have invaded. You want more? Yes. I think so. Or we leave it just there. No, because doesn't this affect then? <laughs> it affects, our, our year, it affects, it affects everything. It affects our entire life. Okay. We will die if it slows down. Okay. Okay. We'll so, burn up in the day and freeze in the night. That's not what it says. (laughs) But the deceleration, that's a hard word, is happening almost imperceptibly. That's also a hard word. Imperceptibly. (laughs) I'm from the South. Imperceptibly. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Let's keep going. (laughs) You just run your way right through that. Not redoing it. At approximately 17 milliseconds per hundred years. Wow. That's not worrisome. Oh, no. So it, um, <laughs> so it will affect... Famous last words. <laughs> That's not, That's not a good word. It's going to be 140 million years before we have 25 hours in our day instead of 24. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But that will happen. Wow. Yeah. We were asking for more if time. If we live. People are, <laughs> have been asking for more time. You have day. been. I've been asking for more sleep time. So well, we, good thing about... Do we get to decide both. where the extra hour goes? Yeah, well, you can, yeah. In the morning, in the evening. Wait. That's <laughs> <laughs> not how it works. It's not, no, it's not like... <laughs> what would we name say? It's not like everyone hour. decides right. <laughs> between 7 at night and 8 at night is when you get your extra hour. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, I'm always tasked with segueing. Um, from... It's kind of on topic. I, it was about the earth. It, it, it was about the earth and it was about how we spend our time. Oh. And, and so, well done. That's a master. That's, that's a master thing. You're welcome. So we're, yes, exactly. Thank you. So we're going to dive in to a passage. I'm a little embarrassed we haven't touched on this passage in 80 some episodes of The Worthless Servants. That's your fault. Have it's, we not? <laughs> well, I mean, we've talked about it, but it hasn't been like the scripture like focus. The focus huh? Yeah. So it's a little thing we like to call. The Great Commission. <laughs> yeah. So, so now we're going to read. Uh, AJ, would you actually read the Great Commission and not just the part that we like that we like to like cite and and talk about, but from sixteen all the way through twenty? Yeah. So we are we are in Matthew chapter twenty eight verses sixteen through twenty. I'm going to read in the NIV. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Oh man, this is awesome. A lot of us have memorized perhaps 
19 at least, certainly, uh, maybe 18 to 20. But let's kind of dive in. What can we offer our listeners here that they haven't heard before? I think one of the things that sticks out to me is in verse 17, and I'm out of the um, New Revised Standard Version. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And um, this is one of the first places, I think maybe the actual first place where the disciples are like, on their own worshiping Jesus, like something has happened. Mm-hmm. This is post-resurrection. Um, it's They're not in this sphere of who are you anymore? Like they are starting to come into their own of recognizing that we're a part of something bigger here. And I kind of think that before the crucifixion, they still were in this mindset that the way that we are doing this thing is Jesus is our leader. And we will follow him wherever he goes. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, Jesus gives them a really interesting order when he says, you know, as you're going, it's not like follow me. And as we go together, like it is intentionally a, a as you go. And the worship that the disciples had for Jesus of him being their Lord, not just their teacher. Um, I think there's a lot that's going on in this, but even that little phrase, but some doubted, mm-hmm. you know, like there was still some of that, like, okay, so we're still trying to figure this out. And I think that as the church, I feel that we're in that same tension sometimes that there are some of us that are in the midst of this receiving this new commission and, and mission and participating. But then there's others of us that still doubt, you know, that are mm-hmm. Like maybe what I'm experiencing isn't really reality and I'm still trying to figure it out. So it's interesting to me that even at this time that Matthew uses that, but some still doubted, you know, even though they had seen power in their midst. You mentioned that phrase, as you are going. And I always thought it was like this forceful mandate, go and make disciples. I kind of like it that way because like it's, you can't get, you can't wiggle out from that. You know, you can't be like, well, you know, I just forgot. But, (laughs) but in the original language, it is as you are going. And I like that part too, because that gives us a new reality of like, it's just assumed that a Christian is going to be going. It's just assumed that we're, we're already in motion, in movement, in mission. And so as you're doing this now, make disciples, baptize, et cetera, teach them, you know, and, and so I like both nuances of that. I um, really like the end and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I feel like that is so hope filled and I need it on a daily basis to be reminded that as someone who claims Jesus in my life and am walking with the Holy Spirit, I think it's also important to acknowledge that right before that he talks about the Holy Spirit, like being with them. So like as someone who is giving my life to the Lord, that he is with me, even the days that I make stupid decisions, (laughs) he is with me. And, and to the very end of the age, not to the very end of my life, Mm -hmm. to the very end of the age. And that is, I just can rest in that. And I, I, when I have doubt in, in humanity or in even the, the humanness of the church, I remember that, yeah, Mm -hmm. that, that Jesus is with me. And that is so good. And thanks for bringing that up because the famous part, the verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations is bracketed really by 18 and then 20, 18, all authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. And then 20, and surely I am with you always. So it's not just a, 
do your best. Go. I'll be rooting you on. (laughs) It's literally you're going in my power, in my authority that has been given you. And then also I'm along with you. I will never leave you. I go alongside you. And so, you know, people, Emily, you said worshiping and doubting, you know, for the people that were doubting, this is like, Mm -hmm. yes, you have a mission, but Hey, right before I'm going to tell you, it's not three in in your power. It's in my power. And right Mm -hmm. after, if you think, but, but I have to leave you Jesus. Oh no. You know, I will be with you always. And later he would, of course, on Pentecost, uh, tell us how he was going to be with us always. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important when he goes to that, to the end of the age, that that is why we can apply the Great Commission to us today as the church. Like you literally could sit in this text and say, well, he gave this to 11 people. (laughs) And we don't have to do anything about it because these 11 people are the ones that had to do everything about it. And then it just kind of died when they died. But when he added that to the end of the age, like he is speaking to like an eschatological uh, mentality of the church of thinking about what eternity means, Mm -hmm. of how we end, how the story ends. And so he even uses it in this commission of like, as you are going, so it's in the present right now, as you are going, he uses that uh, ING verb, you know, like right now, as you're doing right now, what you're doing, Mm -hmm. but then to phrase it with, and I'm with you always, but like, not just with you always, I'm with you to the end of the age. Like that is the hope of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not just at one point in time. This is not just for one little blip in history. This is something that when Jesus offers these words to his new creation, which is what the 12 disciples were, and now we're with 11 because Judas has peeled off, that that he is showing how God's people are being created through the disciples. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving you this commission the same as we saw it in Abraham, we've talked about it in Genesis of God came to a person and says, this is what I want you to do. God comes to a group of people and says, this is what I want you to do. And he's just reemphasizing that, that this is the task all the way until the end, all the mm-hmm. way until you see me again. This is what you should be involved in. And I think for us as missionaries, but for us as the church, that is how we constantly need to frame whatever we're doing. You know, whatever program that we place, whatever career that I choose, what, you know, whatever our decisions are, it's in this context of as I'm going, how am I making a disciple? How can I teach? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. I think there's something else also interesting is that there's a parallel kind of between here and earlier in Matthew during Jesus's ministry, he sends out the 12 disciples uh, into other towns into other places that Jesus is going to go. And he sends them out beforehand to kind of preach the good news, right? Preaches the kingdom is coming. And in some versions, or it might be in a different uh, gospel, that he gives them authority to drive out demons and things also. So uh, there's a parallel between that also. But here in at the end of chapter 28, in this Great Commission phrase, he's also saying, like, I'm sending you again, or you're going to be going again, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to be with you and you'll you'll have the Holy Spirit later in, in Pentecost. But also your extra goal is to make disciples. So not only are you preaching uh, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, but you're also making disciples. You're teaching people. And this this implies a more involved, like more in-depth relationship with people, mm-hmm. but also this intentionality to 
in what you're doing, like kind of what you were saying, Emily. So not just preaching, hey, Jesus is coming. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. get ready. Get ready. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Which like, is what we preach a lot. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like this, okay, so what does this mean for your life? Yeah. What does this mean every day? How do we how do we make them disciples, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same. When I read these verses time, it sounds a little bit different for me this time. I don't know why I felt it. It's like a call. And not only individual, but also a like as a Christian community. Mm-hmm. I read this as a calling as well. And um, the part, even though it says literally, when they saw him, they worshipped him, even though some of them doubted. I don't know why I felt like this doubt was maybe not because of who is God. We don't we don't doubt who is the one we worship, but maybe we doubt of our abilities to go and make disciples. Mm. I was feeling like maybe this is something that it's happening. And I don't know why I was feeling God says to us, do not worry about that because I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. Mm. Mm. So That's good. I think a lot of people now still doubt their ability. Some authors have even called this the great omission, meaning that as Christians, we've just omitted the great commission. We've just not followed it. I mean, we can quote it, we can preach on it, but we just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our statistics would would tell us that's probably common, you know. And so I think that's important. We must focus on, yes, our mission is to go and make disciples, baptize, teach. At the same time, he is empowering us. It's not just us mustering up the courage. He, with his Holy Spirit, will go with us and mm-hmm. give us the power to testify. I, I like that um, in the verse, at the very end of verse 20, it says, and surely I am with you. Because to me, that implies that one thing leads to another. And so I, I when I read this, I think in order for God to work through me, I have to be obedient to go and make disciples through the power of Jesus. It's like a domino effect. Mm. Jesus died for me. So that's the first domino that starts things. Then I am obedient to the call, which causes him to work through me. So that's the second domino that falls. And then he like, it's just like this cycle that is, is calling us to action. We mentioned in the new revised standard that it it's a, it's an action verb, the going. And, and I love that because to me, I I like action. I don't like sitting in an office and just staring at a computer screen, mm-hmm. um, although that is a majority of my job. <laughs> um, but I love the idea of like feet hitting the ground, mm-hmm. walking. Mm-hmm. And not to say that the person sitting at the computer is not important to spreading the gospel, but it just, it means we have to do more. Mm-hmm. It means we have to like, get up and I struggle with a spirit of laziness. And so like it puts fire under me to experience the wholeness of Jesus. I have to be active. I like, I like that, that that's when I read that, that is what I, I see. We've made it this far and we haven't even really talked about what does it mean to make a disciple? (laughs) Uh, It doesn't say make a convert. It doesn't say make a friend. There's a lot of things that could have been said. It doesn't even say preach the gospel, although I think it'd be hard to make a a disciple without preaching the gospel. So what does it mean to make a disciple? Yeah, I think 
the easy answer is to say exactly what Jesus says here, you know, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Um, everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's not like yeah. teach them to obey some things that I've mm-hmm. commanded you, yeah. you know, and and when you literally sit and try to put your brain around that word of teach everything, mm-hmm. there's not one way to do that. It's not like, hey, we are going to go lesson by lesson by lesson. It's not like we're just going to live alongside. That is a journey. That's a process that is spending time together. So that that process of discipleship, when we really get down to brass tacks of teach everything. Like I think about myself as a mom and I've got two teenagers in my house and we're still discipling them. I mean, they've lived in a Christian environment and we love Jesus. Like everything that we do is wrapped up in making sure people know who Jesus is and, and and what we can do to make sure that they're on the right track and, and desire to know him personally. And I still have a 15 and a 17 year old that are learning how to be a disciple themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've been in that environment. And so I think that context of making a disciple, that's why this commission is for the church and not just for the missionaries. And I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. as a church, we leave it to the missionaries. Like we've professionalized the great commission or the pastors, the the people we pay to do it Mm. because I cannot live alongside. We can't, let's say there's 0.5% of the world that is dedicated to professional Christian ministry. Probably not even that much is being paid to be involved Mm -hmm. in professional Christian ministry. You're never going to make a disciple in everything Jesus commanded all over the world with that amount of people doing it. Mm -hmm. And so this command and this, this mandate is for the entire church. That is the only way that there is renewal and discipleship in this world is if everybody sees it. Oh, yeah, me living alongside X, Y, and Z is discipleship. Yeah, and I think that brings a whole new level to what like discipleship means. When you think about teaching like your kids, it takes years mm-hmm. and it's ongoing. You know, it, it doesn't end, really. I'm still learning things from my parents and right. I'm 30 some years old. I forget how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, You're actually 42. Oh, thank you. Um, and so it's, it's this continual process. And I think about like, I kind of laugh sometimes when we talk about discipleship, discipleship classes, right? It's this class that we take sometimes for, 12 weeks, which is a while. Forever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then it just kind of ends. Yeah. But it should never end. Right. Not to say that those classes aren't helpful. Those are good classes. And yes. there's some really good material out there to help you start that process. But it's it's it doesn't end when that class ends. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it's so important, I think, also that that coming from a youth youth ministry background, that each youth has one person that is that is mentoring them or several people that are intentionally mentoring them because like you said again like you can't just put this on one person to Mm -hmm. teach everybody you know to disciple everybody yeah i am going to butcher this but aj preached a sermon about the word rabbi and how the followers of a rabbi would be so close that they would literally get the dust of the rabbi's feet kicked up on them. Mm-hmm. And so they would start to appear like the rabbi. And so when Jesus is saying to make disciples, he's also saying make followers of me. Mm-hmm. And therefore, 
They need to follow so closely to you mm. that they are getting the dust kicked up on them. And I love that imagery because I do think of teenagers. And we talk, AJ and I talk a lot in context of youth ministry, but I think it's applicable to oh, sure. a large variety oh, yeah. of people. But like this moldable person and even a new Christian, they come in so excited for Jesus and they are super ready to receive knowledge. And so that's when we need to say, like, let me kick some dust on you. Like, <laughs> here you go. And how cool would it be if every single person in the church had somebody that was following them so closely that they started to look like Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. That I just really appreciate that imagery. Mm -hmm. Well, that gets into something important. Many times, I think we've shared in another episode that we focused on discipleship, but we've preached about this. We've talked about this. And then when I ask directly a congregation or a group that I'm with, are you willing to walk alongside somebody else and help them to know Jesus better? Like there's some hands that go up and are like, yeah, yeah, I am. But when then I say, are you willing for one hour a week, just one hour a week to walk alongside somebody? And, and I know, like you just said, AJ, it's not just like in that one hour is discipleship and that's it. But like, it's not going to happen without intentionality. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. and, so, place. Yeah. and so are you willing? And then no hands go up. These are wonderful people. These are people that have just said through the whole sermon, amen. Yes, mm -hmm. we believe in the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Yes, discipleship is important. But we're hoping that it happens just through Sunday school. We're hoping that it just happens by will they come to our services? You know, but we need, I mean, the 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 disciples did not have a 12 lesson packet. They didn't, they weren't <laughs> mm -hmm. able to say, here's what discipleship is. To them, it was just, well, I mean, we walked with Christ. So now yeah. other people will walk with us, like you said, Chelsea. Yeah. Some of my favorite discipleship moments that someone has discipled me that I can remember is asking me to go to the grocery store with them. Hmm. We are buying groceries for their fridge. Like we're not buying groceries for an event at their church building. We are just buying groceries. And the whole time we're talking, what's God doing in your life? Hmm. Have you seen God at work? Here's some things that I've put in practice. Here's a Bible study I'm doing. Let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. All while we're grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard. Like I think sometimes we put our, ourselves into the box of it has to be formal. So even when you're asking for the hour, they're thinking, oh, we need to like be at the church building because that's where discipleship happens. And it has to be like at a desk and we have to do all these formal things and there needs to be a book. And really some of it can just be like, hey, you want to go for a walk around the neighborhood and talk. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Although I think some of that organic discipleship, what I hear, you know, in, in those types of things is organic conversa conversation and discipleship happens when the person is in an intense relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. Because you can easily go to the grocery store with somebody and never talk about what Jesus is right. doing in your own life because you just don't even know what Jesus is doing in your life. <laughs> and so there are a lot of people, unfortunately, they're a part of the church that are not nurturing their own relationship. And so they will never have the organic dust falling off of mm -hmm. their feet because they don't know Jesus themselves in order to give him to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so especially to somebody that's like, I just don't even know what to do or whatever, like invest in your own personal relationship. And then I would say like, take Scott's advice of saying, okay, well, I'm going to set aside an intentional one hour because you cannot hope to be the organic disciple maker if yeah. you have not 
intentionally invested somewhere, whether it's in your life, mm. in somebody else's life, that organic comes be, as a fruit of the tree. It's not the tree itself, in mm. my in mm. my opinion. There are a lot of ways, other things that we could have mentioned. Maybe the time is getting away from us. But like even the centrality of baptism, you know, a lot of times we forget that. And mm. I will do it too. Hey, the Great Commission, remember? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. We, we forgot the baptism part and we forgot the teaching them everything part, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's crucial. Baptism is central to the gospel, mm-hmm. central to the great commission. And then also I remember uh, Nina Gunter one time said uh, she, I was translating for her, but she was telling a group of uh, leaders and pastors. And she said, if you ever just want a good missional sermon, just look at all the times in the, from 16 to 20 in Matthew 28, that Matthew mentions all. And so Mm. it it comes out even better in Spanish, actually. Um, But like, (laughs) if you think of it, verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. We're not just talking of your own, Mm -hmm. right? And then later in 20, teaching them to obey. It can be translated the same thing. Everything is all, all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, you know? And so she says, there's your four points. I, I was like, I'm translating, but I want to write this down <laughs> immediately It'll be after. Stuck. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Dr. Gunter. Yeah. And, but it's true. Like this, we're taught in communications sometimes to not use those terms that are always and never, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you always do that. You never listen to me, yeah. you, ne- you know, but here on purpose, Jesus is saying all authority. Oh, not just a little part. Not a snippet, you know, all nations. No, this is not just for one. I think of episodes, you know, in the past months that we have recorded on ethnicity and and race. And, oh, this is not just for your culture, for your nation, all nations. And then, of course, finishing up saying and uh, teaching them everything, all that you're not going to finish. Like like we've been saying, you know, there is no end to this discipleship thing. And in fact, there's no end to my presence being mm-hmm. with you. I am always with you. Yeah. So I think this is a good way to end. And uh, man, ooh, if you guys have d- new insight or, or different things that you'd like to share with us, Emily, where can they get a hold of us? On our Facebook page is the best place to like continue the conversation with us through comments or through messages to us. And you can find that under the Worthless Servants podcast. Uh, you can find all of the episodes of this podcast on www.mesoamericagenesis.org. And you can also find the most recent episodes on Spotify. Awesome. Well, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Lada Franco. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And go and make disciples. We'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.